Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt-Bernard. Michael Bryant will be here a half hour late. Alex, we don't know where she is, so but there's a lot of traffic backed up on uh, South 100. It's all a mess right now. It is a huge mess. Yep. Dr. Frida Birnbaum will join us. Parenting across two eras, the best and worst of parenting in the last 30 years. Right back with Dr. Frida Birnbaum right after this. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this is Brian Zepp. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I have a hot tip. Oh, mom's got a hot tip. Okay, so people that are um, trying to get insulin, we all know how expensive it is. Right. Apparently, I'm not, not going to tell you who told me this so that he doesn't get in trouble. Um, you can go to Walmart and get it over the counter $24 a vial instead of $324 a vial. For what's this? Insulin. Why do you need insulin? I don't need insulin. Well, how did you know that then? I don't know. We were talking about his cat who's a diabetic oh, and he was paying okay. all this money for, you know, uh, yeah. his cat. And you can get it for your animals. Mm-hmm. 
You can get it for anybody you need it for. So that is like huge if people don't know about that. Well, that is huge. Yeah. So any 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 <clears throat> drugstore. Well, he went to Target first, and the pharmacist at Target said, "Go to Walmart. It's a lot cheaper there over there the counter." There you go. So shop around. <laughs> So if people need insulin, that's going to take off a lot of cost for them. We have <coughs> Dr. Birnbaum on the phone. Dr. Frieda Birnbaum. Dr. Birnbaum, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Marvelous. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to drive you crazy today, doctor. I'll tell you that because parenting across two areas, the best and worst of parenting in the last 30 years. We have our 35-year-old son with us. Usually our 33-year-old daughter is here too, but she hasn't gotten here yet. Uh, but Catherine and I, both the parents are here today. Parenting is different than it was when we raised our children. There is no question about that. Well, you talk about the best and worst of parenting in the last 30 years. How, 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 how old do the, do the children have to be before you're no longer considered parenting? You're still their parent, but are you still parenting for the rest of your life? Now, that's a tough question. It's really up to the child. Right. If that child is independent, I mean, I have five kids. And each of them, I have tw- as, uh, twins, and they're each so different than the other. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, younger ones, and I hope my kids are not listening, because <laughs> <are actually laughs> this, I don't know if this will be worth this, but it's actually, they're actually more independent than my 23-year-old. Uh, and I have a 40-year-old daughter as well. Uh, who I speak to several times, which I love talking to her. Mm-hmm. But still, there's a difference uh, in the character, uh, the way a child uh, looks, processes life, and how a child is comfortable. And of course, you know, the twins have each other, so it makes it much easier for them as well. I love this paragraph. Parenting today is almost unrecognizable compared to 30 years ago, but there are advantages as well as learning opportunities. As a mother who had children in her 30s and 60s, and as a research psychologist, Dr. Frieda Birnbaum is, uh, has a unique uh, perspective on what's improved and where there's still room for growth. The one thing that I've noticed since uh, I was 34 when Andy was born, yep, uh, and our daughter Alex, I was I was 30, uh, 36 when she was born. So they, you know, they wouldn't fit Nestle in the, the the best and worst of parenting in the last thirty years. But I will tell you this, I I do notice a lot of different things. Now, first of all, Doctor Birnbaum, I know that nobody's ever going to be able to parent as well as Catherine and I did. You know, the greatest <laughs> parents in the world. So, you know. Parenting, okay, was <laughs> I had, okay. we had we had our son who was a. You know, God love you. I love you. But you were a difficult kid. Yes, he was. I was reading every book, the non-compliant child, the this <laughs> child, the that child. I mean, I was reading book, 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 yeah, trying to think of, of anger. something that was going to happen that would work. Very little did. And uh, then we had our daughter who was, if you looked at her, because, you know, she would get upset because she didn't want anybody else to be upset. So I had like polar opposite yeah, children. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. And it's like it's the same gene pool. How does this happen? Well, the best thing is if you can get the harder one first, then you're not too disappointed, then you're really happy, and <laughs> you have the second one. Because I can tell you, I waited four years until I had my daughter. Maybe boys are more difficult. I mean, my son would throw things off the terrace 
Hopefully he didn't hit anybody on the oh. head. But, yeah. you know, very physical. And my daughter, I thought there was something wrong with her because she was so passive in comparison. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> because who knew? I mean, didn't we read Dr. Spock at the time and he told us to leave our kids and let them scream till they're tired, exhausted? That didn't feel right either. No. So we had all these people telling us what to do. Uh, it was an anxiety-prone situation. So today, actually, parents are much more relaxed. Believe it or not, uh, they they bonded and they look at the kids differently than they did before. And the kids, uh, the children today, are much more worldly than they used to be because of the internet, because of the right. social media. So we wor- we really worry that oh, my kids are locked up, especially boys, in their rooms and they're not coming out and. They're just looking at this box all the time. But when that kid comes out, they know more than we do. They know about world events and politics and science, things that my, the younger generation I had didn't know. And what's interesting also, not that you asked me, but I know it's going to go fast. What's interesting <laughs> is also the fact that, you know, today we're neurotic. We're crazy about what schools our yes. kids are going to go to. Yep. My younger generation, they went to college. I was happy. That was the biggest goal. Today, it's what college will you go to? My neighbor, she had somebody actually, and I'm not, of course, going to tell her name, but she had somebody actually take the test for her daughter to get into the school of choice, but the daughter couldn't keep up with the grades I was happy to hear because that wasn't fair. No. So I don't feel sorry for that person, but go ahead. Was it that movie star? What's her face? Felicia, Alicia? No, no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't they her. did that also. It wasn't her. But, you know, yeah. my point is that it's not so uncommon uh, for these parents to be so anxious about what's going on. So that's changed a lot, this kind of school. And then the pandemic, you know, we have uh, a situation where social cues, developmental stages, that was lost. But what we did gain was the bonding with each other. The families have gotten closer. So we did get something positive out of that as well. Yeah. That is a good thing. Dr. Birnbaum, I have to ask you a question because, you know, our kids were were grown by this time. But I I do notice I I do a lot of reading and I I watch a little bit of that. I try to watch the news every night, but it's so negative I have a real hard time with it. Everybody's horrible. My God, Rita, everybody's terrible. Horrible. Then I keep hearing on the news and reading in in newspapers and other publications that we as parents should get out of the way and let the teachers raise our children. Mm -mm. No. That might be the worst idea I've ever heard my entire life. Are you kidding me? I'm down on teachers anyway. Way to begin with me too because they teach you how to follow and then you get out there they push you out into the world and they say now it's time to be a leader and you know you're like grow stop you don't know where you're going yep. because the number one thing you should learn in school is confidence but nurturing and the support system you need that that's your base place is at home you can't function if you don't get this at home it's the one medicine children need more than money, more than things. I mean, when you think about your memories from the past, you don't think maybe you do. I don't know you that well. But you don't think about what your parents brought you. You think about the experiences you had together, the summers, yep. The, yep. the you know, the good and bad experiences. That's what really holds true. There's yeah. no question. I, I, so. I, my, uh, my observation watching yeah. our um, – 
Well, not well. Andy's baby is only he's only seven months old, so there's no real, <laughs> no real of, feedback. Not a lot to observe. At yeah, this what point. if he, if he cries, about, you wait, feed wait. him. He's happy. That's just how you know he's pretty easy. You know, when you said feed, it sounded like you said beat him. <laughs> oh my! I did not mean that. No, feed them. Right? Yes. It just sounded like beat them. Yeah, like, but what? our daughter has a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and she's like in the wow. trenches at this. I mean, that's a challenge. That's oh, difficult. Oh, the four-year. What is going on with the four-year-old? They lose. The, well, it used know, to be my, the terrible twos. Now they call it the effing fours, and I understand <laughs> why. Oh my God, that I didn't hear about. I missed out on that one. <laughs> that the most of my research, because I'm my research person, so I'm a little boring in that area. Not at but all. my research has shown uh, that the most oppressed women are the ones that with preschool children, uh, because it's difficult. You have to oh, yeah. have adults around you. And you have to be able to have a self-center, an image. So it is hard. This is a very hard stage uh, for your daughter to go to. But one thing we don't know is this too shall pass. We don't know it. Like you said, we're in the trenches. It feels like it's going to be forever. Mm -hmm. I find myself now looking back, looking at younger uh, couples and saying, boy, where did the time go? Even though I've had two sets of kids, it just goes quickly. It really does. It really does. And another does. observation that I, I see kids that just hit their parents right in the face, just smack the hell out what? of them. And yeah, Where in the grocery coming? store, little live? little kids. They're <laughs> little. Like they're small I'm not going kids. There. Okay. Right. You know, but I'm like, but I'm, and the parents just sit there. I've seen fathers. I've, I've seen like five fathers in the past couple of years just standing there as their children are whacking them in the face. And they don't say one word. They don't God. say, uh, no hitting, uh, I don't like to be hit, please don't hit. Nothing. They don't put that's them down. Terrible. Well, is, is, that, is this where we're getting the bullies? Well, is that's what I want to know. very important yeah. point that you're making right now that I never brought up, and I didn't think about this, because there are more bullies than ever around. Yep. And is it because the parents are so quick to forgive their kids that they go ahead feeling so entitled that they are not really functioning. So, yes, you're right. You have to start very young. Children need to know there's discipline. And children thrive in structure as well. They have to have somebody to follow. They need a role model. If the parents are not involved, you know, sometimes it's easy parenting. Okay, go ahead, do that. Okay, it's okay. Forget it. Forget it. But you, don't, you have to confront the negative. It's more work, but it's better for the child. And less bullying. I have a question for you. Do you I mean, yeah. obviously, the, the very young children, like three and four years old, maybe they, they do observe it. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But it's not just in children. The bullying through social media is so hideous right now. It's our way. Bullying is our way of life right now in the world. It is. It's a cultural phenomenon. It's terrible. It's horrible. You, something interesting. I went into my children's school when they were in elementary school, and the principal actually bullied me, and I had her fired. Because I walked in with donuts. Yeah. God forbid you're not allowed to have sweets, and I didn't know about it. So she started screaming at me. What? And I said to her, it was just, I said to her, just some donuts. You know that she recorded me while I was talking, and I wrote out a report <laughs> that she bullied me, and she was fired uh, from being principal. So you're right, adults, uh, children become adults uh, that bully as well. Mm -hmm. And we have to know what to tell our children, because my son was very much into the academics, not athletic, and he felt that kids were insensitive. 
he said to me, you know what, Ma, if I bully back, I'll become just like him, them. Right. I didn't agree right. with that because you can't, in this world, you can't just be nice. It's a sad commentary. But you have to be able to be strong enough to deal with what's going on around you. And if somebody is going to be insensitive, and, and the schools really do not help. They do not take uh-uh. care of it a one-on-one. The concerts are not really uh, taught what to do with these kids. So these kids really have to fend for themselves. They think they're safe going to school, going to doesn't help. The only thing that can help really is to be able to get this kid to back off, to say, listen, you know, you're going to be in trouble. I'm going to, you're going to, I'm going to do something to you. To get this kid to back off, because if you're an easy target, they're going to keep coming after you. And that's really a sad commentary on life. And as you know, the most insecure people are the ones that bully. That's why they do it to begin with. And relationships and school, I mean, and careers, that's how they get themselves in a higher level status. It's pretty ugly, isn't it? Well, the, it's a pretty ugly what's interesting about the um, elementary school situation, or school, I guess, is they don't... Um, so if somebody hits me... I'm not allowed to hit back. You're both instantly suspended. That's right. That's it's, like the, it's like the teachers don't want to spend the time to get to the bottom well, of no, what of happened. Of course they don't. It's easier right. to just say everyone's at fault. Get out. Because they're like, well, we don't know what happened, so we can't we can't make a judgment. But here here is the core here is the core concept. We need to have classes in school that orient the teachers because they're not they're not taught this. They really need to take psychology as well. They need to know, the kids need to know what it is to look for in somebody who does need you, the opposite, to be sensitive to someone who's alone or looks upset, and so how to befriend that person, how to be kind. We need classes on that, not just words, because words are not helping these kids who do hit back, and I really say you have no choice, even if you're suspended, because the schools are not into this. But we need to have programs in school, group sessions, classes on what to do and how to treat each other kindly. Because the one thing that hasn't changed through the years is kindness and respect. Right. If the parents don't get right, so the parents need to respect themselves. And it all trickles down to, you know, they say if you meet the child, you know the parents. It trickles down to who you are as a role model. And, and uh, today, and I'm happy to say, men are more nurturing, which is much healthier today. Mm-hmm. They're happier. And women have careers now more than ever. More, more females are entering uh, college than males even yeah. and having careers. So things are turning around more appropriate uh, in that direction as far as uh, role models uh, for children. And here's something interesting. Fathers, actually... Tell me if I'm boring you. But no, not at all. Not at all. Not in. Fathers, do you, you know that who, well, I should put it this way, but you know the answer. I told you. Who has the most effect on the children? It's not the mother. It's the father. Wait, They're wait. Watching. We're the ones that yeah. injure them and they have to go into treatment forever. Mm-hmm. Therapy, <laughs> therapy because right. of the horrible mothers. Therapy, what? It's always the mother. It's always the mother. They always stop talking to you. It's over. It's very, therapy is very dangerous. It really is. Very toxic. Don't go there. Okay, yeah. But uh, under- seriously, yeah. So, so the father is who they watch. He brings the outside world in. 
he's, it used to be more so, less so now, but it's still prevalent that the father is the one. So parenting has taken on a different role today where we're kinder as far as role modeling and giving the kids uh, confidence. And children who have mothers who have careers are more confident as well. So things have turned around in many ways to the better. But you're right about social media. I mean, that oh, is something that kids do. They eat it up. It's the gaming, which is violence, which is really that they're kind. I said to my son, can't you find something that you can game that's civil, that's not so scary? Because the truth is these kids who see this are often the mass murderers that they go out and get rifles and shoot. Yeah. They get rifles because, of course, they're mentally sick to begin with. They have problems. But I'm just saying, these, these gamings are difficult. And you're right about bullying and social media. Uh, that's something that's also very prevalent today. But social media, if it's, used, if it's used right, can give you an insight to the world uh, that you wouldn't have. And so our generation, the younger generation, is growing up quicker, more mature, uh, because they have uh, this open to them if they use it right. So, you know, I'm lecturing now, and you don't like that. You don't want me to lecture. Uh, I do like to you. So I'm finding Keep this interesting because I, I, worry, I, worry, <laughs> I worry so much about the social media aspect because my, our children, that start, started up in high school. Yeah. And... What I what I notice now is a lack of ability to do interpersonal communication over a telephone. No, they don't they, use telephones. They, are you kidding me? No, they what don't. Are you but, but, about? Work, but at work, in work <laughs> in real life. Texting. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, forget about it. No? They don't even at work have no. to talk on the phone? No, no. They don't write. You know, they don't even know how to write. No, no, they don't. I completely forgot. A letter? What for? Anytime I say anything to them, they say, what are you talking about? Just go online. Anything you need, go online. So it's a different world. Uh, Calling is too intimate. Texting gives you time to rethink what you're going to say. But you're right. You don't have the social cues that you you had before. They don't have that. We have a caller, I believe, for Dr. Uh, Birnbaum. Oh, who's the caller? I don't know. Uh, this is this this is Tevin. Tevin. Um, uh, yep, the the infamous one. I wow. just was calling for two reasons. Um, I was just wanted to say Happy Father's Day to Tom Bernard. Thank you, sir. Uh, <clears throat> I was unable to call on Friday because I did not realize you guys were off. Um, but then, just hearing the little bit of the conversations you guys were having, um, I definitely agree that uh, me personally, I would rather text rather than a phone call because I feel like it is. Um, definitely more. You can yeah, check what you're going to say. You don't have to you know, mumble your way through a phone call like I am right now. And then everybody's better off. If you can't, uh, or everybody's living a very busy life. So uh, it's a much easier form of communication in my personal opinion. But uh, I'll hang up and listen, but just wanted to call in and wish my uh, surrogate father a happy father. Well, you're Tevin, very... I don't understand why you can't just hang up and text all that to us. Yeah, just text. It's a talking <laughs> text line, Tevin. Because he wanted... Do you guys have a text line? Yeah. I'm, a text I'm line. just kidding. I love hearing your voice, and Seven. I love he- hearing you call in. It's wonderful. And it's like, yeah. that's what's so wonderful about actually making phone calls. That's true. So for Dr. Birnbaum. It's a connection. For Dr. Better. Birnbaum to understand this, I met Te- How old were you when I met you, Tevin? <clears throat> oh, 
uh, probably like 23, 22, 23. Probably like eight years ago, right? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. It's been a long time. 22, 23. Dr. Birnbaum, I met Tevin Pittman uh, all those years ago, and I've become this kind of like, what'd you call it, the stand-in, your stand-in dad, Tevin? Yeah, we'll say a second father, I guess. Second father, yes. Auxiliary father. Uh, the auxiliary. The biggest reward is to be there for somebody. The biggest the and no feeling you can have is to be to know that you're making somebody's life better and happier. That's as good as it can get. Mm-hmm. Of course, you need your health first. And let me but say after this. that, yeah. Let me say this, Tevin. I'm going to tell you something I, that I've told you in person, but you ignored me. You have made my <laughs> life a lot better too. You do know that, right? You have improved oh, my life. Well, just getting to know you over these last eight years, I think the world of you, you're a great guy. Yeah, Tevin's a good guy. Tevin's a really good guy, but you've made all our lives better, but mine in particular, man, you're, it's a, it was like a gift. That's all I'm saying. Well, well thank you. I, I definitely, it's, the feeling, feeling is mutual. I definitely wouldn't be where I am today with, without you. I appreciate you and the rest of your family for, for taking me in as one of your own and let me hang out with you guys on Bumble. Uh-oh, Catherine's tearing up a little bit, Uh-oh. Tevin. We better get off the phone. <laughs> you know, I hate being sentimental. <laughs> Tevin, Tevin, come in and sit on the show once in a while. I'd love to have you back in the studio. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to sneak in on a Wednesday on my day off, but I'm going to have to hang up now because in case Doug Sprintall is listening because I don't want to oh. get fired in. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's a pleasure listening. Thank you so much. This is such <laughs> yeah, an yeah. inspiration to hear something on both sides, though. It's not one-sided. No, it's... what's touching about this. He is... We both feel the same way. And yeah, I, that's wonderful. Wow. Thank you, Tevin. All right, boy, yeah. Have a great great rest of your show, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Thank you so much. Tevin Thank you. Pittman. You what know a wonderful gift that is. Yeah. You know, you know what's great uh, about that, Frida, uh, Dr. Birnbaum, yeah. whatever you like to be called, is... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I, I I don't care. I, I just I'll go. I'll run through this very very quickly. I promise. But I, <laughs> you're talking about grandchildren. We have a six year old. Whenever I see her, I give her a hug and kiss her and tell her I love her. With Jude, who's four years old, I give him a hug and then he punches me in the stomach and runs away. Jude. But you mean Sage? You said Did I say Jude? Jude? Oh, yeah. I meant Sage. Jude is a dog. Oh, believe and me, Andy, it's okay. Andy has a seven month old son, <clears throat> yeah. and I already have. A relationship with him. He sees me. He starts smiling, and we joke around with each other. This yep. kid's seven months old, and he teases me. It's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, he's a flirt. Yeah, he, wow. uh, he's been <laughs> since he was like three months old. He's just a wonderful kid. And the, let me add one more thing. And I, I just, uh, I can't use his name, obviously, but I met a, a young man a year ago, um, and he came up to me on the street, and he said, "Could I talk to you for a second? I said, "Absolutely." He said, "You know, I'm so glad that I found you." He said, I was thinking of uh, doing some, well, he said he was thinking about killing himself. And this was a 16-year-old boy. Really? Wow. And he said, I want you to know, Mr. Bernard, that listening to you saved my life. It changed my life because you care about people. Your wife cares. Your son cares. Your your whole family cares about other people. Well, I went to his graduation, uh, and he's on his way to college. He is turned it around 180 degrees all humans have to do dr birnbaum is care about one another yep. and right now nobody knows if anybody else cares about yeah, this right there's a lot of fake empathy and yeah. almost no yeah. real empathy but i've been I, well, it's so such like a yours you don't have to go to a therapist but so like yours when you listen you learn so much and often when you listen to other people's issues they really strike home so it's really imperative it's so important to have something like this, we should have 
more of this type of show. We need this. Not only children, adults need Thank this. Thank you. You know, I said about classes and, and groups. Adults don't have that, that opportunity often. But to turn into a, tune into a show like yours and to have this kind of empathy and kindness, it means the world. Because, you know, when you're born into this world, you have a certain personality. Uh, children uh, have uh, assertiveness or they're more passive or whatever that is. And that personality you were talking about, one of your grandsons, keeps staying the same no yeah. matter what age you are. And so the environment can either help it or make it worse. So it's very important if you have a child who's too inhibited to be able to learn to be more assertive and vice versa. So, you know, I'm saying to you, something like this, your show, uh, I don't know if it's national or not, but it would really catch on fire because this is what our country needs. We're a mess. We're a real wreck uh, with Biden, who just fell off. Oh. Oh, we oh. lost her. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, did her producer. As soon as she said Biden. <laughs> no. <laughs> the FBI is listening. He fell off his bike again, you know. He did, did you see that the Atlantic said that, uh, oh, my God, what was it? Trump pushed him? No. About, no, they, about how... His his falling off his bike is just the lesson America needs. What? To get it back up again. What does that I mean, mean? It's just like, oh my God, you guys have got to stop with this kind of. You just uh. say he fell off his bike. You don't go on and on about what a hero he is because he fell off of his bike. See, I saw that clip. I didn't even know it was Biden. I thought it was just like a funny clip of an old guy falling down. And I was like, well, he's probably just dehydrated. He's an old guy no, biking. What it looked yeah. like, it looked like to me, and anybody that clips in and clips out with their bike shoes, they will fall. You will yeah, fall off. Try giving her a call just to say goodbye. You'll, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll fall off your bike eventually because sometimes your clips just don't come off the way they're supposed to. It looked like he stopped. He was trying to take his clip off, and then he fell over. It didn't yeah. look like he just like randomly fell down. Better calling. Uh, I believe we've got a man. Hi, I didn't hang up on you. I don't know what happened. Oh, I'm so glad you called back. I'm so glad. Do you, do you still have I'm to be sorry. off? By, do you still have to be off by 55? I want to make sure that we don't hold you up, but because it said you could be on for a half an hour. No, I'm good. Oh, you're good. Oh, good. Yeah. Do you mind if we take a quick break and then come back? We have another about. Absolutely. You, okay, because there are a number of things I want to talk to you about. But think about this while we go to break. Tevin okay. Pittman rolled the dice. He took a chance. In this world today, because everybody is so over the top, and one, one of the reasons I admire him so much, well, first of all, he's a very smart kid, very handsome young kid, but you know what a, what a roll of the dice it is for a, for a young black man to call a white guy his second father? I mean, some people don't like that when he does that. Well, no. you, know, you know how important that is? Uh, people need to shut up and leave us alone because I, I think the world of Tevin, I think he feels the same way about me. And I think it's a great example. It's like, would you stop with all this battling? We can all get along. Shut up, right? A hundred percent right. I love it. You need to come on more often, by the way. Okay, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ten more minutes with Dr. Birnbaum. Dr. Birnbaum. Only because I said 100% right, you want me to come mm -hmm. back. No, 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 no. I will tell <laughs> you one. Hurt. You also said <laughs> something. You also said something that, yeah. by coincidence, uh, we are in talks right now to take this show not uh, nationally on uh, radio. Oh. So we're. Uh, you have to. Oh, we're going to you because to. I'm sick. I'm sick to death of it, yeah. uh, Dr. Birnbaum. Happiness, love, is a wonderful thing. 
We shall be right back with Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, parenting across two eras, the best and worst of parenting the last 30 years. I've got about 10 more minutes with Dr. Birnbaum. I cannot wait. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dan's Southside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like suburban manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Ooh, I like that. Good good music. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Frida Birnbaum is our very special guest. Parenting across two eras, the best and worst of parenting in the last 30 years. Yeah, by coincidence, you mentioned that, and it's funny because I just met with a, a couple of people from New York, and we're, uh, we're going to syndicate this show. Um, hopefully it'll get across. It's going to take a while to do it, obviously, because it's a new idea. It's a new concept. But when we do that, Dr. Birnbaum, we're going to have to reach out to you because this this is the kind of thing that I'd like to talk about, helping people. Happiness, kindness, yep. you feel different. Do you know your heart beats differently when you give? Mm-hmm. It no, really I does. It slows down. Huh. And, and yes, uh, you know, I'm this research person. I could, <laughs> that's all I do. But, you know, other than that, I live my life, too. But uh, <laughs> I just want to say that you I try to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do. You do uh, live longer. That maybe will help people stop taking the pills and start giving. Huh. That could make a, a huge difference. But you know, you brought up, uh, you know, uh, a, a, the racial uh, right. divide in our country, and it's dangerous to be a black man in America. Very, very scary. Very, very sad. 
And I had a podcast, and I still do, but I'm so busy. But I've been uh, talking about leaders in the field uh, with young black men from the hood and how they have accomplished and the things they have done mm-hmm. in spite of being uh, uh, you know, in a family without a male uh, role model uh, and a mother who works two jobs. Right. Uh, because they do. They end up being in gangs because they don't have where to go, a support system. And what we need is to have centers. For these kids, uh, children that grow up in the suburbs uh, and middle-class communities, they have these resources. They have sports. They have all kinds of healthy uh, connections uh, and places where they can go and they can vent. And we need more of that in all the neighborhoods. So when we're talking about... What is your question anyway? Because I'm going to keep talking. And then <laughs> no, I just want to, uh, Dr. Birnbaum, I just want to <laughs> listen to it because, like I said, well, yesterday, y- yesterday, Father's Day. So we get home after seeing her 95-year-old father on Father's Day. And I walk in and there's, yeah. a, there's a card for me. So I open the envelope and I look at the card. I read the first line of the card and I said, I cannot read this. You know that. So I go over to hug my wife and I told her, you are the best thing that ever happened to me. And I couldn't read the card because I'd start crying like a little kid. I guarantee it. I'm a pretty big, tough guy, Dr. Birnbaum, but not, not when it comes to Hallmark. Not when it comes to Catherine giving me Hallmark <laughs> no, cards. But I can hear in your voice. That's, I'm not buying into that because I can hear in your voice. You have a lot of insight and sensitivity. So oh, I'm not buying nice. into yes, that. Yes, he does. Go ahead. I'm sure your wife can agree. But yeah. go ahead. I'm listening I to agree. you. I <laughs> agree. No, it's just a. Why wouldn't you want to be happy? You're married to this wonderful woman. Have great kids, a son, a daughter, yeah. great grandkids. I, I, I'm ecstatic around my family. I love my family and my friends. Wow, it's the greatest. That's uh, that's very very important because that's really uh, the life that you live. And when you're talking about these racial uh, situations and these young men uh, who are being targeted. And they're so educated, and, and they really want everything that uh, they should deserve. And when we're living in a society where police officers are not capable of doing their jobs right. and shooting people, where, why are they walking around? Uh, why are, not they being, are, are they not being held responsible? And why aren't they being trained better? So we live in a society, when you ask me how we have changed, how parenting has changed. Well, I just bring this up. It's very important. This is one of the most important things we can talk about. You know, when I'm sitting in the car with my younger kids, and I'm saying the tree is black, this is a dark tree, he said, what? You're racist. I think, oh. Are you kidding me? I can't open my mouth. I know, I know. I said, what did I say? Oh, I used the word black. Oh, I see. So everything that's being said, I'm a racist here and there. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that before. This younger generation, as you know, is extremely sensitive to any racial slurs, any racial behavior. They don't see color. They really don't. It's very healthy of the way they are looking at their uh, other people, at their lives, even with gender identification as well. Not only with color, Mm -hmm. uh, with different uh, sex orientation. Mm -hmm. It's more prevalent now in the schools. And my kids are, you know, uh, this beautiful young girl that wants to be uh, a, a male. Okay, what am I going to, you know, I'm not a therapist and I don't know what's going on, whatever. She comes in and sometimes I'll say she instead of he, and I'll be confused a little bit where I forget 
whatever. And my kids correct me right away. It's something that's healthier today. It's, it's much more um, comfortable. Where parents don't reject their children. And this is about parenting also. Are you still there? Yep, we're here. Absolutely. Okay, because I didn't hear you because last time you spoke. Parents used to reject their children if they were homosexuals. They wouldn't talk yeah, to them yep, again. That's true. It looked at them like they were diseased, like they had cancer. I remember a long time ago, Phil Donahue showed. Do you remember Phil Donahue? Oh, sure. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, okay, so he had these uh, homosexual men on stage, and they looked ill, and people thought of them as they were diseased. Today, their shows, rampant television shows about these gay men who are, and I don't like the word gay, by the way. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a negative to me. But they're out there, and they're doing all kinds of things, and they're really being celebrated. So that has changed a lot. We've become healthier that way. But for this young man who called you, it's very touching that he feels close to you. And the color of the skin, it goes much deeper than that. It does, yes. It's not about... It's not about the history you have together or what the, the people that you have in common went through. It's none of that. It's who you are as a human being that he connected to. I that's, can, that's something that... I yeah, couldn't agree that's more. The kind of show, that's, that's the kind of show that is going to go out there because we're such racial divide still. You think that this wouldn't happen anymore. Well, it shows two people... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I thought you said hold on. So I'm just saying, to, to show two people from such diverse backgrounds um, who look different, but who really touch each other's hearts, mm -hmm. if we can do that with people from Palestine, from people from Israel, with people from, from immigrants, we all want the same thing, how to touch these people how to bring them on your show and to present themselves in different ways and their goals and how they've reached their goals, that would really change. That would really make a difference uh, in our society. I really know that this is something we desperately need. And it's not only that. It's about how people have reinvented themselves, what they've done in their lives. People will learn a show like yours. We don't have that stuff. Well, we have politics. We're getting, yeah, we got politics. That's right. We got politics. All right. I can close with this. Yeah, he just fell off his bike. Yeah, and people, people thought it really helped the nation somehow. I don't get that one, but that's just me. It's a stumbling block, you know, excuse the pun here. I just thought of it to where we are in our society and in, in politics that he stumbled. He's somebody who is not, it's not only about the way he speaks. But it takes them so, and I'm sorry, I'm a Republican, so forgive me. No, 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 that's Maybe fine. Maybe a Democrat. No, we like You'll both. Have me on this we actually so, like okay, both, Dr. Birnbaum. Speak for yourself. I like neither. You, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the healthiest place to be because you can go crazy with the both of them, whoever yeah. that is. Sure can. Very Unfortunately. It takes so long to make a decision with Ukraine that people are killing each other. Before he even says anything or does anything, he has to analyze everything to the, a point of yep. maybe he would have been a good therapist. Honestly. But, you know, he's not a good, he's not good 
with making emergency decisions. No. And he's not good at making us feel protected and safe. I felt much more safe with the person that everyone thinks is crazy, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. than I ever have with him. Why well, I'm talking politics, I don't know. Somebody just gave me a shot. <laughs> I, we got to close with this one, Doctor Birnbaum. I think you'll like this because I have another friend, and he's a young black yeah. young black man as well. And he calls me Uncle Tommy. And I said, "Why do you call me Uncle Tommy?" And he said, "Because I can't call you Uncle Tom." <laughs> so I, that's so cute. That I, is adorable. Isn't that adorable? That it's just so sweet. Cute. It's very heartfelt. I love that. Yeah, so you're the strong man that you say you are, the big guy, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. the, the, when you uh, feel the layers, uh, that's really the real person. And we can uh, listen to that. You can pick that up on this radio or podcast because that's when you really hear. Uh, television, the media, uh, sort of blurs that a little bit. Yep. When you hear somebody talk, uh, you're more in touch uh, with who you're listening to because you can't be fake. You really can't. You can't get away with it. Yeah, I it agree. It comes out in discussion. The things are being said. Uh, you have to, you know, you can't flub your way through this whole thing because eventually you, you're not going to be consistent with what you're saying. And that's what makes the show that you have. It's very genuine. And people like that. It's a way of connection, connecting with each other because they're hearing you uh, in the raw. You're not hearing, you're talking to your wife, your wife is talking to you. It's a, a way of being as your, as your son, so-called son just called. It's a way of being your surrogate son, a way of being part of your family. Yep. And how nice is that? People don't have that connection always as being part of a family. With the pandemic, people are still not going out as much as they did more so, of course. So we Indeed. need a family connection here. Well, we'll get. Uh, and, we'll and take care of that. As far as parenting, yeah. Yeah, we'll take as care of that. As far as parenting is, what? Oh, I, was just, I just wanted to give them your website very quickly before we move on. Uh, Frida Birnbaum, it's okay. F-R-I-E-D-A-B-I-R-N-B-A-U-M dot W-I-X-S-I-T-E. That's Wixsite.com. Dr. Frida, Perfect. that's how you get a hold of her. Parenting across two areas, the best and worst of parenting in the last 30 years. Dr. Birnbaum, we're going to reach out to you quite often because... We, all these people getting along. How's it? We've had five, six people on the show, and we all got along. How is it possible? <laughs> I guess we can because do it. Because of you, that's how it's possible. No, it's because of you. You're doing it. You're bringing out certain feelings in other people, and that's why this is so. You brought it out in me. Well, you I need to come. I was going to talk about. You need to come back more yeah. often. All right. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, you and your wife. And enjoy, and you're doing a wonderful job. It's just a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Doctor. Have a good Thank day. You. Be well. Bye. Bye-bye. Dr. Frida Birnbaum. <clears throat> She's got stuff to say. She does indeed. But you know what? She, <laughs> you know what's so great about it? Here's, here's a psychologist. This woman has been involved in psychology, very, very successfully for years to come. You don't hear things <clears throat> like you hear on this show. You know, that our son, Andy, and our daughter, Alex, is here, and you're here, and we all, we can either argue or make fun of each other or show affection for one another. You do not see that anywhere else. I don't. Well, you know, like I said, I, that's what I worry about with the whole phone not being able to communicate. Because 
Sometimes you got to air, you know, you got to deal. So like Alex yelled at me the other day because she said that somebody that used to be on the show was kind of mean to her. And I didn't recall that. And I said, well, it's probably because you're so sensitive. <laughs> she got a little touchy and she got about t- that. Well, and, I mean, I understand what she's saying. <laughs> but I, what I meant to say, if we would have had a longer conversation about it, was a lot of people, if they know that there's something that'll, you know, that you're sensitive about, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll go pick after at it. it. Yeah, they will. Yep. You can't ever, you know, it's never let them see you sweat. You know, you can't, some, some people, you can't, like, I have a brother. Mm-hmm. who I had to finally yell at and have a big blowout with many years ago because he he's that guy. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yep. You can't leave anything alone. If you, no. you know, if you're this way, then he's going to go after you. And some people, that's what I meant to say. Not that it was her fault no, no, that no, he was, yeah. So anyway, so we got it straightened out. But obviously it bothered her because like three days later, she brought it up to me. Right. And I, I think that's good that, you know, it's like, we can have a conversation. It's like, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I don't do everything right every time. Are you sure? I don't. And do we have I our try. guest? Uh, well, we have Joe, yeah. Joe, and then you said Tiger Carver wanted to jump on, too. I don't know if he's going Still to or not. Or oh, you might not say. be available. Joe, what's up? Uh, not much. Just wanted to be one of the first listeners to call in. And wish Andy a happy Father's Day. Oh, yeah. how great is that? Andy's first Father's first Day. Father. Da, 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 da. And I bet you <laughs> Ethan didn't even appreciate it. <laughs> well. Did he get your card? <laughs> Ethan went to the store, got a card for him. It was unbelievable. Joe, you Maybe know what? Next year. Joe, this is a perfect example of why I think the world of you. You're a big man, tough guy, but... First guy to pick up the phone and go, happy Father's Day to my son. That's terrific. You know how much we all appreciate that, Joe? Sure. We do. Oh, there's Tiger Carver. Tiger's calling in. No, Tiger, you you guys want to talk about this? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Is Tiger with us? Yep. Tiger. Tiger. There you go. I'm here, too. I uh, just wanted to call and say your, uh, I shouldn't say your guest, Doug's guest from uh, Thursday was wrong on where Back to the 50s first started. Really? Was, uh, oh. In the, yep, in the Montgomery Ward parking lot, which is now Aliens Field at uh, Snellingen University. Really? I think they held the oh. first five years, five or six years were held there. Really? Because, like you said, there was only a hundred some odd cars, and it was easy to do that on a Sunday. Yeah, you know when the business wasn't, you know, doing right. You know, ten thousand days weren't wrong? exactly busy. He's not going to like that at all. Sprint wrong? What <laughs> the hell? He's not going to enjoy that. He'll never know. But you know what? We're in a mood on the show today, which I really, really enjoy. And I was talking to Joe about how I admire him because he he is who he is. Tyre, same is true of you and your family. You are a dad, and just watching you be a dad is a is a thrill. And you're a hell of a nice man. I just now I'm in it because of Doctor Birnbaum. I'm in a great loving mood. You're gonna get sick of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I had fun. Uh, I had fun chasing uh, my old man around the fairgrounds this weekend. It, I mean, the last couple of years when he's, you know, he's now in his 80s. But when we walk the fairgrounds, it's easy to keep up with an 80-year-old. <laughs> Give bet. an 84-year-old a scooter, I'm mm. wore out. Yeah. <laughs> he can go as far as his battery will take him. Is, yeah, exactly. Isn't there a little stand for you? Can't you just pop on the back and hold on? Yeah. 
That'd be good. Yeah, no. Because oh. then we'd lose my daughter because she was with us too. Oh, oh yeah, you can't. <laughs> well, you have need that. a little mini bus then. All right, fellas, thank you so much for calling in. As I, you know, like I said, it was a perfect time to call in because you guys are friends, and I just wanted to tell you that we think the world of you guys, and we that you supported the show from day one, and I'll never forget it. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll no talk, problem. Talk to you guys later. We're gonna take a break. Okay. Hour two coming up.